This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, in for Sean Kelly, as I always am on this Tuesday. Hope it finds you well. Recovering from what a great game yesterday at the Smoothie King Center. Pelicans beat the Kings 115 to 112, down 17 early in the game. Ties their largest comeback of the season as they outscore the Kings 65 to 49 in the second half. Anthony Davis, 31 points, 13 of 21 shooting, 10 rebounds for him. Norris Cole, 23 points, 8 of 19 shooting. Drew Holiday, 20 points, 10 assists. He got the start. Ryan Anderson, 19 points off the bench. Keep in mind, the Pelicans only had nine players last night with uh, the injuries to Ajinsa, Babbitt, John Jones, Gordon, Evans, and Pondexter. So you only had nine available. Oshik gets in foul trouble. Perkins plays some big minutes against Boogie Cousins. And just a great effort by this Pelicans team. A much-needed win, snapping their four-game losing streak. And again, being the Kings 115-112. to 112. Boogie still was Boogie. 40 points for him, 16 rebounds. He'll do that to anyone, 16 and 29 shooting. But it was holding everyone else accountable, which would help the Pelicans last night. And 15 turnovers in the first half didn't help for New Orleans, but the two turnovers in the second half did as they took care of the ball, and they forced 17 steals on Sacramento. So the defense came up big in the second half. Cunningham made a big three at the end. Drew Holiday, a clutch steal, and also a big jumper. So all in all, what a great night for the Pelicans. And now they hit the road for five games starting today. Um, they're on the road to Charlotte this afternoon and will take on the Hornets tomorrow. It'll go Hornets, Grizzlies, Bucks, Warriors, and Kings. So, yes, the traditional five-game road trip that starts in Charlotte and ends in Sacramento, California. We'll talk to Jim Eichenhofer about that from Pelicans.com. It's TGIT. He always joins me on, this, on Tuesday, so he'll join me again to talk about last night's game and kind of preview the road trip. And, of course, we'll talk about Payne Manning, his great press conference yesterday. I didn't get the chance to watch it all because I was getting ready for the game, but watched bits and pieces of it uh, on Twitter and on some websites and just a, a great press conference yesterday. We'll get, to get a, a perspective from someone that faced Payne Manning on the collegiate and professional level, Mike McKenzie, former cornerback for the Saints and the Packers, Super Bowl champion. We'll have him on. He'll talk about a time where in college his Memphis Tigers upset Payne Manning in the Tennessee Vols, and then he talks about what he had to do to face Peyton Manning, how he prepared for a tough Peyton Manning team when he was on the Saints and the Packers. So pretty cool perspective from Mike McKenzie. You're not going to want to miss that. And, of course, we'll talk some Pelicans here on this Tuesday. For those who put up with me yesterday on the radio, I really appreciate it. Sean, at the last second, you know, his voice kind of was out on him, but appreciate all the kind words and hope it sounded all right. And, God, we hope that Sean could get back on Wednesday when he takes on the Hornets. We certainly missed him yesterday but thanks for hanging with me and uh that was a lot of mr sallerson to take in four hours but i really appreciate all the kind words um yesterday so pelicans beat the kings 115 to 112 we'll talk to jim i can offer about that next and mike mckenzie about Payne manning a great tuesday edition of the Pel a black and blue report is yours we'll start with jim next stay with us you owe it to yourself and your home to call terminex i'm vincent palumbo whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service. We do it all. 
And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. For fast relief, call Summer is coming and Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating is ready to serve you. Keeps offers a 25-point precision AC tune-up for only $119. Get your AC ready for the real heat that's coming. And as always, call Keeps and we'll get you cool in three hours or less. Guaranteed. Keeps Air Conditioning and Heating. For fast relief, call Keeps. How much do you want to lose this year? Five, ten, fifteen pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Well, here we go. It is Tuesday. We continue our Pelicans basketball talk. And since it is Tuesday, it's TGIT. I like to welcome in Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, not only I always look forward to these interviews, but especially after a Pelicans win last night, these interviews are a little better, I would say. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think everybody's a little happier today. There's a little bit more of a positivity um you could definitely get that sense from the players last night the combination of being relieved that they ended a four game losing streak and also came up with a huge comeback win so yeah everybody's a, at least a little bit happier today for sure no doubt about that 115 to 112 was your final score last night as i mentioned in our first segment 17 point comeback uh jim for the pelicans um i know it was a struggle early but man did this team not give up had a lot of heart and uh Man, what a game last night. Yeah, it was a good game. I mean, the fourth quarter, it was – I mean, even in the fourth quarter, there was times when I, I was sitting there thinking, man, this is not looking good. Because I think even with six minutes left, Sacramento was still up by ten. So, yeah, it was a it was a good example of, of um, not giving in. I think in the – obviously, everyone knows the situation as far as how far they are out of the playoffs. It would probably have been easy to, to kind of give in on that game last night. But it was, it was really good to see them uh, – put together such a big surge at the end of the game and get the win. Not only did they win and beat the Kings team um, that has also been struggling a little bit, but you only had nine guys available with Luke Babbitt being out. You had a Jinsa out. And then plus Asha getting in the foul trouble. You're not a lot of bigs left. And you had a guy like Boogie Cousins. I thought Perkins did a pretty good job on Cousins when he was available. Yeah, he did. He, he gave him some good minutes. I think a lot of the players mentioned that after the game that they were, they kind of commended Kendrick for the job that he did in the situation. I mean, overall, it's just kind of another example, symbolic of the absurdity of what's happened this season where you end up with nine guys. And even before the game, we weren't sure whether Norris was going to be able to play. And just looking at the roster, it was you have that alarming moment when you realize that if Norris doesn't play, the only two guards they would have had were, were, were Drew and Tony Douglas. So, I mean, you, you could call Alonzo G a guard even though he's not. So, really, I was sitting there thinking, man, if Norris doesn't play – how are they going to do this with with two guards basically able to play minutes? I mean, they would have probably they definitely would have had to have one of those guys in the game at all times. And then if you have foul trouble, it's another problem. So 
yeah, it was just it like you said though, it was it was it was good to see them get a win with only nine guys available. That doesn't happen too often in the NBA. So what changed for the Pelicans? They got outscored thirty two to seventeen in the second quarter. They were down by seventeen at one point. What was the difference in the second half that kind of propelled the Pelicans? I thought they they played a lot harder on defense. I thought they were more aggressive. Um, one of the stats that we noted um, that was really unusual was they had seven steals in the fourth quarter, and it was by six different players. So, I mean, that's another um, odd thing that doesn't happen too often. Obviously, Drew had the, the steal to, to ice the game where he was trying to foul Darren Collison but ended up with a steal. So it was kind of a no-lose situation where either he gets called for the foul and the Kings have to come up with some miracle to make the free throws and get the re- make the first, miss the second, get the rebound – or he ends up getting the steal like he did last night. So that was just a, a good uh, a good play and kind of the way the fourth quarter went where they were really disruptive against Sacramento's offense. Turnovers really killed the Pelicans in the first half, 15 of them to be exact, but only two in the second half. It seemed like they took care of the ball a lot better in the second half as well. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, I obviously wasn't there at halftime, but just listening and reading between the lines of some of the things that the players said after the game about what was said at halftime – I'm picturing a very angry Elvin Gentry, mm-hmm. and understandably, I mean, I think everybody that was watching the game was kind of shaking their head at how they were so careless with the ball in the first half. And to have – they had like – I want to say they had 12 or 13 turnovers already with about maybe seven or eight minutes left in the second quarter still. So it was like, man, how many turnovers are they going to end up with in this half of this game? So for them to – I remember looking at the stat sheet at the end of the game and seeing that they only had 17, and I was like, wow, that – that's really surprising because it looked like at one point they were on their way to an, an epic turnover game, which is something you don't want to see ever. I think maybe that technical by Alvin Gentry maybe also lit a fire under their bellies too because he was pretty angry at the end of that first half. <laughs> it could be. I mean, I, I said to one of the guys sitting next to me last night, I, this is, I, I said, man, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the night that he gets tossed from a game because he's gotten technicals this year, but he hasn't been thrown out. But, man, he was he was pretty hot in the first half mm-hmm. last night. And like I said, I mean, very justifiably because things were not going well. And I think he even he even pulled uh, the starters after only a few minutes in the first quarter. But as is, you know, typical of of the team, the way the season's gone, they only had nine guys, so he co- he couldn't pull everybody. He nope. had to mathematically, it was impossible to take everyone off the court the way like Greg Popovich does sometimes. So, but yeah, they but it was good to see that get turned around too, and he ended up being in a much better mood after the game than he was during the first half last night, that's for sure. Yeah, no question. Uh, Drew Holiday gets the start now with Eric Gordon out with that fractured right ring finger. I think a lot of people wanted to see this happen, understood why Drew Holiday was coming off the bench for Alvin Gentry, but I think a lot of people wanted Drew in the starting lineup just to see how he would play with AD, even though for most of the time, Drew did play a lot of minutes with AD, so I don't think that was the problem, but I'm curious to see how what you thought of the Holiday-Cole one two because you know both these guys can take the ball up the floor how do you think those two played together then i'll get the holiday and ad i think it was good but i think also those two guys played together quite a bit when both tyreek and eric were healthy i know it seems like right now it seems like a long time ago when that was the case but i remember drew this is probably going back about two months or so commenting how he really liked playing with norris so i mean those those two guys actually had did get a lot of experience and of playing off of each other from maybe December to, you know, February maybe. Um, it's hard to keep track of all the injuries and guys coming in and out. But, um, but yeah, I thought they were good. And, and uh, you know, they, they do seem to play pretty well together as a duo. What about Holiday and Davis? I mean, anything 
noticeable you saw from them? Do you feel like they're pretty comfortable with each other and how um, they're different? You know, obviously they have different skill sets, but how do you think those two have played with each other lately? I think they, I think they've been good. I mean, I think they have a good thing going where um, AD rolls to the basket, and a lot of times Drew has the option of either throwing one up to him for an alley oop or taking it on his own. Drew's such a good scorer at the point guard position that you have to always respect him. He also can drive, so he's pretty, you know, multi-dimensional on offense and can hurt you in a couple different ways, which I think really helps in terms of playing off of AD. But in general, I feel like we're kind of burying the lead, though, That, which was your uh, play-by-play radio debut last night. I, I actually had a few questions for you, but... but uh, I'll do the questions here, young man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... And I, I buried think, it for a reason. I think people want to know. I think people want to get to the the, the, the real hard facts of, of your debut. I know it was last minute. What was it? What was it like for you last night to be able to... Like, to me, from my perspective, it seems like that would be such a cool... Uh, uh, experience or a cool moment to be able to call like your first NBA game on the radio. I know it wasn't expected and it was unfortunately due to Sean being having problems with his voice and not being able to go. But what was it like for you? Actually, the real reason was I beat him in a game of rock, paper, scissors. So that's how I actually got to do play by play <laughs> last night. No, I'm just kidding. Well, Sean, he, well Sean, he gives it up that role very easily. Yeah, I know. All it takes is rock, paper, scissors. Hey, it was a manic Monday, Jim. So <laughs> that's one of the reasons. Oh, no. I mean, we tried to. We tried our best to get Sean as healthy as we could as far as his voice. And just he came in. I hosted Black and Blue for him yesterday to give him extra rest. He tried doing coach. He did coach, but it was just he couldn't go. And pre-game. Pre-game, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, just like the rest of the Pelicans with injury-wise, it was a late scratch for Sean Kelly. And <laughs> I was lucky enough to be there. It was it was basically all a blur, though. I, I, I hope I sounded okay on the radio. You can probably tell I was a little nervous being my first ever play-by-play game for basketball. Yeah. Um, But it was a great game to do. I mean, it was so fast at first. I was like, y'all got to slow down for me a little bit. I can't handle this. But JD was great next to me, um, helping me out. Sean was right there by my side. Lou Schumann, our director of broadcasting, was there as well. It was what a great game to call. And I don't know how my calls were at the end there. I know I was pretty excited. But, man, just the fact to have a a close game and – now I've seen AD's 59-point game on the road. I got mm. to call a win at yep. home. I don't know if I should buy a lottery ticket or retire. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Well, I give you props for being a great teammate because just like one of the players after the game, one of the first things you did was just now was to give you know props to Sean and JD and Lou. So I give you credit for that. But, um, yeah, I think that's great. Did you have any – did you happen to have any of your calls? Did you hear any of your calls on SportsCenter last night? Oh, no. No, okay. We're worthy I thought of maybe, them. I thought maybe when Dante's three was made his three that that call might have been on or or one of those it could have been. And, I, I didn't even want to check. I just okay. <laughs> one of those. I'll leave alone. If someone yeah. hears it, then great. If not, last thing because I know you probably want to move back on to what we were talking about before. But how were, were you nervous during the congratulatory congratulatory call from President Obama last night? Oh no, that was the easiest part of the night. You okay. know, we go way back, so okay. we talk hoops on a, a weekly basis. All right, and I, so that that was fine. I was think I was more nervous about interacting with you this morning, <laughs> you know, because you're such a wow. big deal. That <laughs> that's true. My ego is probably at least as big as as Obama's probably bigger. I want to so. know that how you turned this around on me when I'm the host of this show. How did you get to ask questions when I just said you're not going to be asking questions? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, you know, maybe that's one of the part parts of the learning curve for you that you got to be able to take control of the show when you're 
when your guest, you know, rains it away from you. So, well, this might be Jim's last appearance here on Black and Blue Report. He's going to be suspended for trying to host this show, or maybe, Jim, maybe you should host the show one day. I think that'd be great. I, I think, think the fans would like that. <laughs> wow, this really went sideways on me here for a second. No, uh, no, I, uh, I think I'll leave that to you. You're the the expert. You have NBA play by play experience under your oh, belt. God. So there you go. It's all you. Jim off for future hosts of Black and Blue Reports in the future. <laughs> all right, Jim, let's focus back on the Pelicans here. Shame on you for trying to turn this on me. <laughs> Five-game road trip. Very long road trip. It's a typical road trip for the Pelicans, one that starts in Charlotte and ends in Sacramento. I think that's how they're all drawn up, where you go oh, east course. coast to west coast, right. including trips to Memphis and Milwaukee in between, yep. and a trip to Golden State, who got back on track yesterday against Orlando. What do we look out for in these five games? I know playoffs – some people say we shouldn't even be talking about playoffs. I understand that. Yeah. But with 20 games to go, we still have to watch 20 games. What can we look out for? What can we expect on the road? I think one of the big things is that I, I'm i not sure exactly. I think it's 7-23 and 23 maybe is the road record right it now. Is. And um, I think that's one thing that they want to prove, that they, they can be a better road team over the last part of the season. I mean, I don't think – I feel like a lot of times we, we ask the players, you know, hey, do you want to be a spoiler? And a lot of times they will say, oh, no, we're not thinking about that because that's what you say sometimes, I think, in that situation. But I think it would be good to be able to kind of, I don't, I don't want to say ruin other teams' seasons, but, I mean, it's one of those things where if, like, if you're miserable about your season, you might as well make as many other teams unhappy about theirs. So, I mean, I'd like to see them pull off a couple couple wins here against teams that are in the playoff race, you know, starting tomorrow against Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets. Um so, I mean, obviously the Golden State game is in there. I mean, that's going to be a game where, you know, no one thinks you have a chance to win. But, I mean, in some ways I'm looking forward – I mean, in a lot of ways I'm looking forward to that game just because I love that arena. It's such a cool atmosphere. The fans there are so loud, and obviously they have plenty of reason to be this season with the record that they are that they have and the fact that they won the championship last year. So, I mean, that's a that's that's a cool challenge to, to, to go up against, knowing that, like, everyone around the, the league will be watching that game as is the case with pretty much every Golden State game now. But, um, you know, they have three games before that to focus on um, against Charlotte, Memphis, and Milwaukee. So, I mean, I just want to see them play well. Like you said, the playoffs is probably not something that's going to come up in conversation too much now unless they were able to win about eight or ten games in a row, something absurd like that. So, um, it, to me, it's just about, you know, playing as well as you can and, and getting as many wins as you can. Um you're right, though, about this road trip. I mean, I joked to Drew Holiday last night after the game. Did you did you wonder if they lost the map when they drew up this <laughs> this trip? Because it's like, I mean, you're in every time. The only time zone you're not in on this road trip is the mountain time zone, which only has, I think, two or three teams, Denver, yeah. Utah, and Phoenix part of the year. So, yeah, it's it's just funny to have a trip where you start on the East Coast and then a week later you ended up end up on the West Coast like that. I call it the from sea to shining sea road trip because <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's so a good one. Should be interesting and I think uh, I don't want to tease anything, but I think Jim and the digital media crew will have some good stuff on the road too. Yeah, is that correct? Can I yeah, talk about true. that? Yes, you can talk about that. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do um kind of a big behind the scenes feature on this road trip where we chronicle from day to day some of the stuff that people don't get to see maybe you know in terms of like the travel that we do and the late nights and the all like for example um I'm, i want to write something about the back-to-back -back, how logistically you know friday they play in memphis saturday they play in milwaukee what goes into everything behind the scenes in terms of getting the team ready 
as far as especially like the equipment managers and the coaches and stuff like that and how does the team scout for a certain opponent which i think is going to be we're going to focus on memphis that game of what exactly goes into preparing and scouting and watching video so yeah that's that's one of the things that um looking forward to we'll probably have that on the site after the road trip's over we'll put it all together in one big fancy package and then and uh, post it and go from there if you're going to try to follow the radio crew i wouldn't even bother they just have a bunch of spa days and golf, <laughs> golf days yeah yeah you know i don't they think, have the life I, I don't have anything planned for for related to them right now but there's still a few things that um are in flux so you know maybe we could we could do something if if you were on this road trip maybe we could do something about your lavish lifestyle on the road which i saw during the detroit washington trip which was you know at times bordering on on out of hand the way you conduct yourself on the road so i think people would be really interested to to read about that but i i, I don't expect you to be on this road trip it sounds like so we'll have to hold that for a, a later date yeah i'm sure my walk to subway on a game day was a real riveting experience <laughs> for anyone the lavish oh, yeah. lifestyle oh yeah there's a lot of lot of Juicy details about that that walk to Subway for sure. No doubt about that. Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. We look forward to all your work on this road trip. Try to enjoy it. I know it's going to be a long one. Hopefully bring back some wins along the way, and um, we'll talk to you when you get back. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com here on the Black and Blue Report. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to football. As you know, Payne Manning had his press conference yesterday to retire. We'll talk to Mike McKenzie, former Saint and Packer cornerback, about his experience dealing with Peyton Manning next on the Black and Blue Report. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, March 18th against the Portland Trailblazers. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. The magic of Voodoo Barbecue. It's people, passion, and pure enjoyment. Seasoned with Louisiana's best. It's a celebration every day. A fusion of Creole, Cajun, and Caribbean. It's the soul, the sound, the taste of barbecue New Orleans style. Voodoo Barbecue. Pass by your neighborhood Voodoo Barbecue today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Time to talk some football on today's show. I think everyone at this point knows about Payne Manning retiring. We haven't had a chance to really talk about it since he held his press conference yesterday. Joining me now is someone that had the tough task of trying to stop Manning whenever they faced off, and that's Mike McKenzie, former Saints and Packers quarterback, Super Bowl champion. Mike, glad to have you on this morning. 
Man, appreciate you guys having me on this morning. No problem. Mike, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Peyton Manning press conference, but if you did, what was your reaction to it? How do you think Peyton handled it? Well, I mean, 18 years. I mean, you think about it. I mean, that's that's <laughs> for the average high schooler. You know, he's played more professional ball than, you know, most high schoolers have lived. And so I think that says a lot, um, his professionalism, and uh, obviously, you know, anytime you're in a situation when you're getting ready to transition uh, from one aspect of your life uh, into the next and you're not sure exactly, you know, what you will be doing or won't be doing. But uh, obviously for him, he's had a, a great career and to have an opportunity to go out uh, with a championship makes it uh, all that much more sweeter. Obviously, every football player or any professional athlete has the tough choice of determining whether they should retire or not. How is that? How is that transition like? What is it like now? Maybe these next couple of weeks for Payne Manning, knowing that now you don't have to worry about free agency, uh, getting ready for football. What is that few weeks like for a professional athlete or a football player? Well, I think it's, it's one of those things that um, you know you're so used to having you know some form of a you know routine that you get into in the off season and. Um, I think he's been one of the greatest uh, preparers that we've seen um, in our lifetime in reference to being prepared for a season or for a particular game. And I think for him, he's, he probably gets a, a chance to just unwind for a change, you know, just relax and enjoy, you know, his family and his loved ones and, um, you know, not think about uh, the upcoming season or uh, or preparing your body or, you know, rehabbing. I'm sure he's still uh, going to have some, you know, rehab and some, some issues on the health side that, you know, becomes a, a, a lifelong challenge and commitment to. But I think for him it's just, I mean, certainly it's not in any need of, you know, any money. And so anything that um, his heart desires um, is there in front of him. And I think um, there's no better way to go out than uh, have an opportunity to go out as a champion. Did you see this coming? Did you have a feeling this season was going to be Peyton Manning's last rodeo? Um, well, the type of injuries that he have, anytime you're talking about anything, spinal, neck, back, knees, um, there's a good chance that you may not be able to make it back. But certainly um, with all of the different issues he had, you know, throughout the season, he missed some games. And, and the fact that the Broncos um, have a, a, a pretty good – um, replacement for him already waiting in the helm. I think you know he probably made the decision not to um, not to come back. All those things I think certainly played a factor. And I think at this point, you know, Mother Nature kind of tells your body, you know, when it's time. And I think uh, um, he made a decision based upon all those factors. Talk with Mike McKenzie, former Saints and Packers cornerback. Mike, before I get before I get to your interactions with him on a professional loving level, that Peyton Manning that is. I want to hear your story about, I believe, your Memphis Tigers, when you played there in college, took down Peyton Manning and the Bulbs. Can you tell us a little bit about that game and what was that moment like for you and your team? First of all, you know, that's inner city, you know, interstate rivals. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, UT being on the other corner of the state and, uh, you know, Memphis being on the other side. Uh, fierce, you know, rivals and, uh, you know, back in – 95, uh, actually it was 96 season. Um, they came in with, a, I think, a number six ranking at that time. The game was being held at the Liberty Bowl, home game for us, and I promise you it must have been 
80% UT fans oh, wow. uh, in our Liberty Bowl. So imagine being at a home game, yeah. the biggest games of our career, and we look around and it's filled uh, with orange jerseys. And, um, you know, I just never, you know, forgot that, you know, all odds was against us. You know, we didn't stand a chance. You know, they had Peyton Manning. They had about seven first-round guys that year, uh, Joey Kent, Nash. I mean, they had... Uh, running backs, Graham. I mean, they was loaded with uh, NFL talent. And um, somehow, some way, man, we was able to put together a complete game offensively. Um, you know, offense scored, I want to say about 13, 14 points on that particular evening. Um, defense, we played a well of a game. I think we picked off Peyton Manning maybe twice on that particular day. And uh, one of my uh, good friends, um, uh, Kevin Cobb won an ESPY award. He returned a kickoff uh, back for uh, a touchdown in that game. So we had one special team touchdown. And then uh, late in the game, uh, we had an opportunity to win it. You know, our quarterback uh, drove us down uh, for the go-ahead touchdown. And now, never forget, the fans rushed the field. We tore down the goal post, and um, I certainly – Feel that's probably one of the top five uh, greatest wins in my university history, and um, it's just another notch, you know, on my belt. Mm -hmm. uh, a quality win against Peyton Manning. Very cool, very cool. I'm sure those 80% Vols fans made the stadium a little quiet there at the end when the Memphis Tigers were able to overcome and beat them. So that's pretty cool. I'm sure that was motivation for you guys when that game started, trying to shut that crowd up a little bit. Well, no doubt about it. What's funny about it was all those folks are Memphis fans typically, mm -hmm. but, you know, I guess they had to, you know, show their uh, true colors on this particular day. So a lot of those folks, when it was all said and done, you know, it wasn't like they were true sad. I mean, they just happened to wear their orange on this particular day because of uh, – a large part of the Memphis population is uh, UT fans, and you know you can certainly understand why, as far as in the state of uh, Tennessee, the Vols have, you know, had a you know a tremendous uh, football program for a good while, and um, you can understand why. Okay, so after that game, we both head on to the NFL. Um, eventually, at that moment, after that game, after it all sank in, did you think? When you were facing Peyton Manning, like, man, this guy is going to be one heck of an NFL quarterback. What were your thoughts on Peyton during college and how he might kind of transform into an NFL quarterback? I mean, the Frank, you know, when you're in college, I mean, you know, especially after a big win like that, I mean, that's you're not even, you know, thinking anything about, you know, professionally. Obviously, um, you know, he went on to be, you know, the number one draft pick and um, a phenomenal, you know, rookie campaign and you know you know ever since that time I mean he's continued to um, develop his game develop his skills develop his uh, leadership and uh, he's always been one of the toughest um, quarterbacks um, that I've ever had to face you know in my career so it's one of those things that without any doubt you knew he was going to be um, a good quarterback it's hard to say whether he was going to be a great quarterback mm -hmm. But nevertheless, you knew that he was going to be a, a real good quarterback, and I think time has shown that he's, you know, he's one of the best that the league has ever seen. Did you have to prepare a little differently for him in the NFL, as far as when you were game planning about how to stop Peyton Manning in the offense? Was it specifically about how the Peyton Manning played, or was it basically how the type of offense that he ran that made him so successful? How much more prep 
go, went into a week when you're preparing for Peyton Manning? Well, the, the the biggest thing that you knew coming into the game that, um, you know, he was basically a coach on the field and he had full control to change plays. And so I remember just always, you know, when we played against him, it was very important for us to disguise our looks, try to disguise our coverages in hopes of possibly fooling him or getting him to maybe have a, a false read of what kind of defense that we were playing. Obviously, he's well-schooled, so, you know, he has saw basically every look that we was going to provide him on that particular day. And um, it's it's never a replacement for a pass rush, so we knew, obviously, that, you know, we had to get to him because if he had time, um, you didn't stand a chance. He was going to certainly uh, pick your defense apart. Uh, and I think in, in most cases, you know, um, you know, our approach was to have a keep-away mentality, meaning uh, offense to, you know, control the game, ball control, just try to keep them on the bench. That We found that was the uh, best defense that we could have is just having a good offense and uh, keeping Peyton Manning on the sidelines. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Feel free to answer it as you please. Where does Manning stack up on the all-time QB list in your eyes? Number one, top five, where does Manning stand with you? Oh, hands down, he's uh, he's top five. I've been privileged enough to play with um, some real, real, some of the finest quarterbacks you've seen in the league. So, I mean, playing with Drew Brees, obviously, and having an opportunity to um, play with uh, Brett Favre, uh, they're certainly, you know, in my top five. And, and then you have um, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh but Peyton Manning, by far, I think you, you would – it would hard to argue if he wasn't, you know, top one or two. And there's been a lot of great uh, quarterbacks to come through the league, you know, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, mm-hmm. um, Bradshaw. I mean, the list, you know, can't go yeah. on and on. But I think uh, the records at this point uh, speaks for themselves, touchdowns, games played, yardage. Uh, so uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say he was probably top three all time. No, I would have to agree with you there. That's for sure. All right, Mike, before I let you go, let the fans know what you are up to these days. How is post-NFL life treating you? Man, it's a, it's a blessing. Uh, I have three beautiful kids, a lovely wife. Uh, I operate a nonprofit organization, the 34 Ways Foundation. Our mission is to teach, reach, and educate youth. Uh, so I'm always uh, looking for opportunities to encourage young people to dream big, uh, set their goals high, and then work tremendously hard to attain them. So uh, I spend most of my time, you know, raising my young kids and finding opportunities uh, in the community to give back. Very nice, Mike. That's great to hear. Glad you're doing well, and I really appreciate the time this morning, and we hope to have you on again soon. Certainly, certainly, man. Who that nation. Love you guys. All right, I know they love you back. Mike McKenzie here, former Saint and Packer. We can't forget Super Bowl champion. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
If you haven't experienced our new and improved sideline premier seats, then you'll want to check them out. Offering the closeness to the action but full vantage point of the court, it's a great opportunity to entertain clients, associates, and friends. Sideline premier seat ticket packages include parking, food and beverage credit, access to private clubs, and more. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to learn more about these premium seating options today. The New Orleans Home and Garden Show presents The Fit Home, March 11th through the 13th. Come see the latest products, technology, and trends in home design and renovation. Fox 8's He Shed, She Shed Outdoor Redesign Contest. Enhance your security and comfort in our technology experience centers. Dare to dive into our repurposed art workshops. Win great daily prizes at Entergy's IQ Scavenger Hunt. There's something for everyone at the New Orleans Home and Garden Show, March 11th through 13th in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Great show today. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Be on the lookout for that behind-the-scenes stuff that they'll post after the road trip and kind of keep up with him on the road as uh, he'll be with the team throughout Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app. And also a big thanks to Mike McKenzie, doing great things uh, off the field now, retired with his 34 Ways Foundation, and it was great to get his perspective on Peyton Manning uh, especially playing defense against him. So I know it was never easy facing Mr. Manning, but Mike gave us a great perspective on facing number 18. So big thanks to him. And on tomorrow's show, we'll preview Pelicans and Hornets. It's a Wesley Wednesday with David Wesley. I'll chat with him uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, previewing the game, his old stopping grounds. And uh, then we'll talk with Mike Triplett from ESPN.com. He covers the Saints uh, for them. We'll kind of preview Saints free agency and NFL free agency. Already uh, deals being reported, even though officially can't be signed until tomorrow. But we'll talk to Mike about the Saints and NFL free agency. So football and basketball for you tomorrow. And I hope you can join us on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, which is the Black and Blue Report. For Jim Eikenhofer, Mike McKenzie, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.